the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. We're talking about the real belief systems that need to be founded upon God's Word. And your beliefs are important because your beliefs will set you up for joy or misery. Your beliefs will set you up for peace or worry, for freedom or bondage. They will set you up for connection with people or isolation from people. They will set your life up for expansion or limitations. Your beliefs really do matter. It's important that they're built upon the truth. And the most important belief you'll ever have is your belief about God. And we talked for the last couple of weekends about what you and I are to believe about God. We investigated from Scripture what the Bible says about who God is and what we are to believe about Him. And today we're going to talk about another very important aspect of your belief system. What do you believe about how you can have a relationship with God? That's a very important statement. What is necessary? What do you believe about the relationship with God and how a person experiences one, more specifically, how you experience a relationship with God. I'm going to do something a little bit different this weekend. I'm going to give you my first four points of my five points today are all going to be false, okay? So I'm going to teach you four false things. I'm not teaching you false doctrine. I'm going to give you false beliefs, all right? So the first four of these things I'm going to share with you today are false ways of thinking in terms of how people have a relationship with God. And the last one is going to be the truth that we build our lives upon. Sometimes you have to expose what is not true before you can understand what really is true. The first thing that is a false belief. False belief, number one, when it comes to having a relationship with God, some people believe that God either saves or condemns everyone regardless of their faith. That God either saves or condemns everyone regardless of their faith. I think all of us would agree this morning that the most important aspect of your relationship with God involves where you go when you die. It involves eternity. Amen? Because in light of eternity, this is a very short period of time that we live on earth. And so I want to know where I'm going when I die. I want to know, am I going to heaven? I want to know if I'm going to hell. And some people have the mindset that we have no choice in that matter, that God has just universally determined that everybody is either going to be saved or everybody is going to be condemned, that God's verdict applies to all. This first false belief is called universalism. Say that with me. Universalism. And universalism says God's just going to save everybody or God's just going to send everybody to hell. Are those true? No, they're not true because, first of all, we know that God is not going to save everyone because it is contrary to the nature of God. God is holy and God is just and God has righteous standards. And so because of God's holy, just, righteous standards, there are some folks that just don't belong in heaven. If we talk about God just saving everybody, doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, everybody just goes to heaven when they die, it's called universalism, universal salvation. It is a lie from the very pit of hell. 
The other side is also a lie, that God condemns everyone, that God just sort of looks at the world and says, hey, I'm kind of sick and tired of all of you. I'm just going to send all of you to hell. That's contrary to the nature of God as well, because the nature of God is a God of love. He's a God of compassion. He's a God of mercy. He's a God that wants relationship with us. But we must understand that these extremes, universal salvation and universal condemnation, if you buy into this belief, you're missing what the Bible says about eternity with God. Let me take you to Matthew 25 and give you an example of this from the Scriptures. Then the kingdom of heaven, Jesus says, will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. So here are 10 people going to meet the bridegroom. The bridegroom represents Jesus here in the story. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, look, the bridegroom is coming, come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone, on to buy the oil or buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. Later, when the five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. Jesus obviously is talking about him coming back again. But what I want you to see in the story is that there was a group of folks who were ready for him and a group that were not ready ready for him. This passage, along with many others, totally debunks the concept that salvation is just given to everybody. Everybody goes to heaven or everybody goes to hell. No, there are choices that we make in the journey, all right? So it's a false belief. Your eternal destiny is not a universal decision. It is a personal decision in your life. Number two, second false belief that there are many roads to God. Not true. This, by the way, is really, really common in our world today. A lot of people believe, well, it really doesn't matter what your religion is. It doesn't really matter what you think regarding God. Just so you're sincere, just so you're trying to do the right thing. After all, all roads lead to heaven. All roads lead to God. Don't worry about it. Just so you're kind of spiritual somewhere along the way, you'll be okay in the end. Absolutely false according to Scripture. And this is what we refer to theologically as pluralism. Say that with me. John 14, 6, Jesus, even in a more pointed way, he says it this way to us. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus did not say, I am a way, I am a truth, I am a life. Jesus said, I am the way. It is a definite article in the language. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. You can't get to the Father except through me. So pluralism contradicts the very teaching of Jesus himself. Let me take you to John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, where the apostle John writes these words. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life, what? In 
His name. Not in others' names, but in His name. Acts 4, verse 12, referring to Jesus. Salvation, the early church preached this. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is, say it with me, no other name. Say it with me. There is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. There's no doubt about it. There's no question regarding it. We first know that God has not said, okay, everybody's going to heaven or everybody's going to hell, and it's not pluralism. There are many ways to God. No, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Third false belief. Number three, there's a belief that says something like this, that God has predetermined salvation for some and condemnation for others, predestined, that God somehow looked down upon humanity and He said, okay, uh, you're going to get saved and you're not. You're going to go to heaven, but you're not. You're going to make it to heaven, but you're not. God doesn't operate that way. He doesn't operate in a predetermined fashion. And I'll give you several reasons why we know that God does not predetermine who's going to go to heaven and who's going to go to hell. He doesn't do this. Why? Because first of all, God gave every human being something called a free will, okay? And so God will not violate your free will. If He made the choice for you, you would be a puppet. You would not be a person, okay? And so you're not a puppet, you are a person. So God made you in His image, made you in His likeness, and He gave you a free will, and with the free will always comes responsibility. Anytime you make a choice, with your choice, you're responsible for the choices that you make. And so God said, I'm going to give you a free will, I will not rob that from you, I will not treat you like a puppet, I'm going to treat you as a person. And it also, another reason why God doesn't predetermine who's going to go to heaven, who's going to go to hell, is because, again, God is a loving God. He cares about people. He would never predetermine a choice to send someone to utter destruction. God would not do that. He is a loving God who wants all to be saved, as we'll see in a moment. And it also limits the atoning grace, the atoning work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary for us. Now, I'm going to give you a, a little picture here to help you to understand this whole idea of predestination and foreknowledge and those kind of things. That's an airplane. <laughs> this airplane, I'm going to call the airplane of salvation. That God has a destination that He wants everybody to make. And what is the destination? Heaven or salvation, right? Right? Okay. That's God's plan. So this, pl- this plane is headed toward heaven. It's headed towards the plane of salvation, okay? Now, as in any plane, you have to board it, okay? God didn't say, okay, you get on the plane, you don't. You can get on the plane, but you can't. God doesn't predetermine that. But what God does in the free will dimension of your life, okay, is that God calls you to salvation, by the preaching of the gospel, that while I'm preaching right now and sharing with you the gospel of Jesus Christ, every time the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached, the Holy Spirit is present. When the Holy Spirit is present and you hear the gospel message, the Holy Spirit begins to work in you and to draw you to the plane, okay? 
That's the whole idea. The Holy Spirit's trying to draw you to the plane, the airplane called salvation, okay? And so the Holy Spirit works on you and knocks on your heart and says, hey, you need to do this and woos you and convinces you, does the best job that that is possible in your life to draw you to salvation, okay? But at the end of the day, who gets to make the choice as to whether you'll get on the plane or not? You do. You choose. You can either say yes to the call, or you can say no to the call. God's not going to force you to get on the plane of salvation. He will do everything possible to draw you. There's a, the free will that you exercise from the call, a yes or no. There is a predestination. The predestination is the destiny of salvation. And there's something else I want to mention here. There's the foreknowledge of God. The foreknowledge of God, he knows who's going to get on the plane, right? Okay. Just because he knows he's going to get on the plane doesn't mean that he made you get on the plane, but he knows who's going to get on that plane. That's his foreknowledge because he's the omniscient God. He knows everything. And so what I want you to see is there is this plane of salvation. There's a free will that you exercise by the drawing of the gospel of Jesus. If you've not gotten on the plane, I want to tell you something today. The Holy Spirit is drawing you right now. That today is the day that God's saying, today is your day to get on the plane called salvation, right? And the best choice you can make is a choice to say yes. And then you get on the destiny, the predestined arrival place called heaven or salvation. Let's look at some scriptures together. John chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. He, Jesus, was in the world, though the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. That is, those he came to said no, they did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, all who said yes, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become what? Children of God. Listen to Second Peter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but wanting, implied there, everyone to come to repentance. He wants everyone to get on the plane. He can't force you onto that plane. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. He said to them, Jesus said to them, go into all the world preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes, notice that, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all of those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved. He wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth, to come into relationship with him. Revelation 3.20, here I am, Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Romans 10, 9 and 10. How many of you are thankful for the Bible, right? Okay. If you, notice the if, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. God doesn't do this for you if you do this. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So the belief that God somehow predetermined salvation for some and hell for others is a false belief. Are you ready for false belief number four? 
False belief number four is this belief that a right relationship with God is a result of being good and doing good. Here's the way this, this thing works, this kind of belief system works. It works in two dimensions. It works in your day-to-day relationship with God. It works in your mindset regarding eternity. The mindset of this, I'm right with God if I do good, and I'm not right with God if I do bad kind of relationship with God is called, I'll give you another word here while we're going through the isms, this is called legalism. Legalism is based in the idea that my relationship with God is based on my performance, That if I'm really, really good, that God loves me and God's happy with me. But if I'm bad, God doesn't love me anymore. He's not happy with me. And so my relationship with God kind of is like a roller coaster. Some days it's good and some days it's bad based upon how I'm performing, okay? Now, this is contrary to what the Scripture teaches. Because what this is teaching is that we are, it's the idea of being under the law. That we please God only when we're obeying the law and He hates us or He's mad at us otherwise. God loves you just the same when you're good as when you're bad. Isn't that good to know? Okay. This also affects us when we think about eternity. Because when we think about eternity, then we say, oh my goodness, when it comes time for me, when I die and I go to heaven, when I kind of before God, whether I'm going to go to heaven or hell, then my goodness, I've got to make sure I get enough on this side and less on this side, so that when I get there, God can say, okay, you know what, yeah, it's a little tight here, but it looks like the good's a little bit better, okay, right? And so what you try to do is you try to do religious works, okay? If I go to church enough, read my Bible enough, or do these kind of things enough, then I'll sort of add these things to this side of the equation so that when God looks at me, there's more on that side, and maybe by the skin of my teeth, I can make it in, okay? That's fair. I don't want to come that close. How about you, right? Okay. And this is not the way God operates. The whole reason that Jesus came was to, look, to deliver us from legalism, okay? And to teach us how to live in relationship with Him, not on the basis of the law, but on the basis of love, okay? That we don't obey Him because the law demands that we obey Him. We obey Him because we love Him and we want to obey Him, okay? It's a big, big difference. It changes everything in your life. And the reason that the law, well, you can never by the law and by legalism ever have a solid relationship with God is because the law can't deal with your biggest problem. Your biggest problem is you. Your biggest problem is that you and I are a sinner, okay? Even when I do my best things, sometimes I do my right things for wrong reasons. How about you, okay? So I could even be doing the right things at times, but I don't even have the right motives because I'm a sinful person in the core of my being. All have sinned and fallen short of glory of God. We'll talk about this in a moment. Let me take you to a few scriptures here that will help us to see this, all right? Notice Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's all of us, okay? We're all sinners. Isaiah 53, 6 reiterates this. We all Notice that all, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. We all have a sinful nature. Now, when Jesus came to earth, one of the biggest things that he dealt with among those that he preached to was this thing called legalism because it was a group of people surrounding Jesus called the Pharisees, right? Remember the Pharisees? The Pharisees really thought they were really good. They thought that, man, this side of their scales was really heavy because they were doing all the religious stuff. But Jesus was able to see past all the religious stuff they were doing and see that in their hearts, they were just uh, pigs with tuxedos, okay? That's all they were, okay? 
Look with me now at Matthew 7, verses 22 and 23. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Would you agree all that's good stuff? Would you? Prophesying in his name and driving out demons in his name and performing miracles in his name. All that's good stuff. Now notice what Jesus said. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. I didn't have a relationship with you, okay? We never entered into this love relationship. I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. So here were folks doing good, but doing good out of religion, not out of relationship. Matthew 23, 23 through 28. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind God. You strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, then the outside also will be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Jesus was very firm about the fact that you don't earn favor with God by, the, by trying to be good and letting your good outweigh the bad because the real issue has to do with the issue of your heart. And God's all about getting at the heart. He's all about changing the heart. Salvation is all about the heart. Salvation is all about the inside that transforms the outside. As I told you four things that are lies. Now are you ready for the truth? Here's the truth. How do you have a relationship with God? Relationship with God is a gift of grace to those who put their faith in in Jesus Christ. It's a gift of grace to those who put their faith in Jesus Christ. Because we couldn't be good enough to earn salvation, we couldn't do enough good things to change ourselves on the inside, God did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves, folks. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the What is it? It's a gift. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. That word means made just as if you never sinned. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved for everyone This is verse 13, who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Revelation 22, 17, the spirit and the bride say, come, get on the airplane. The spirit and the bride are saying, come on, get on the plane, come on, get on the plane. The spirit and the bride say, come and let the one who hears say, come, let the one who is thirsty, let them come and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. 
You never know when you're going to die. Take a look at me at Luke 23, 40 through 43. Jesus is on the cross of Calvary. There's a criminal to his right. There's a criminal to his left. One criminal is throwing out accusations at Jesus. Hey, if you're the son of God, come on, get us down from this cross. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to death? We deserve to die. Notice this, we deserve to die for our crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, I want to get on this plane called salvation. Jesus, I realize that you're my only hope in this situation. I know that I have messed up my whole life. I don't deserve anything but death. I am a criminal. Would you please remember me? He was calling upon the name of the Lord and Jesus replied, sorry, buddy it's too late. No. Jesus said, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. I'm grateful for such a loving, redeeming Savior, aren't you? Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.